At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. You all know him and love him. Is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we finally have, I don't know, the last few weeks of OTAs were cool and all, but it feels, I don't know, this mini camp feels like there's a little bit more synergy and energy buzzing out of Dove Valley. It, it does. It, it, they can, you can tell it's the last on-field work until training camp in mid-July, and they want to get this down pat now. And Fangio's having him run wind sprints, and he's, he's pushing the practices longer. I love the intensity he's bringing. He's not letting up on these guys. He's stepping on their throats. He's making them physically and mentally tough, which is what they were lacking in that area last year, specifically under the previous regime. And I love it so far. This is going to pay dividends in the fall, chat. I promise you that. We have a ton of stuff to get to today. We're going to break down everything that happened Tuesday, everything that happened Wednesday following minicamp practice. But first, just a couple of quick reminders. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. You guys have done a great job of funneling your follows over there. It's the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. YouTube listeners are a great community there on YouTube. You've been doing awesome, liking each video, each podcast that you listen to. Continue to like, continue to comment. That engagement tells YouTube that it's a worthy video, and it puts it out in front of other listeners or or Broncos fans that are like-minded. And then if you're on iTunes, don't forget, leave your creative review. Give us that five-star rating. Three ways that you can really help support the Huddle Up podcast. That's the sound of a crack in the ceiling found at a home inspection. But with a Realtor by your side, a newfound leak might only cause minor worries. With their expertise, a Realtor can suggest a credit at closing and even connect you to a contractor to help you shore up that leak and alleviate your worries. When it comes to cracks in your plans, the expertise of a Realtor can make all the difference. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, let's, uh, I guess we don't necessarily need to go through this in a chronological order. The first thing I want to talk about was actually more buzz that came out on Wednesday, but I guess it's kind of tied to Tuesday. You had the the article for it on our website. Philip Lindsay is still being held out from team periods. He's not being allowed to actually take handoffs quite yet. They're waiting to unveil that for him in training camp, but that brace on his wrist from his wrist surgery is off. And then, of course, on Wednesday, he got a chance to talk at the podium. It was the first time, really, I can think of that we're, we've heard from Phillip since the yep. season. So it was quite refreshing to hear him and, and see him, really, that fire, man. It's, it's exciting. You can tell the way his season ended, even though it was a nearly unprecedented rookie campaign for an undrafted rookie, you know, you can tell because of the way it ended that he's still got that chip on his shoulder and he hates watching Booker and Freeman run with the ones and he's just standing there doing mental reps. This is a guy who's so well beyond his years, you know, and far beyond his years and wiser than you think he would be at this stage. He even said it today that, you know, his approach is to go out there and make plays. He wants to be a leader and he knows the NFL means not for long. It's a business and either he produces like he did last year and he'll hold on to his job or he doesn't. And another running back like Freeman or Booker or somebody else will take his place. I just I love the motivation like you just touched on, Chad, with, with Philip Lindsay. He could rest on his laurels as an undrafted guy, make the Pro Bowl. He's the locked in Broncos offensive star right now he can rest on that but he wants to come out uh more fierce he wants to come out with more motivation more passion more vigor i salute that the other team his other teammates will rally around that it, it's a great locker room boom for a, a transitioning franchise so i love what i hear from him and yeah he, he lost that brace he will be 100 percent for training camp a full go i think they might ease him in there in preseason you know not give him too many series but we have no concerns over him i'm so excited to see what he can do in this new offense I wrote about this over the weekend for the Mile High Huddle 24-7 Sports VIP subscribers, but I think people are kind of underrating, maybe sleeping on this kind of angle, and that is the continuity that Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman and Devontae Booker are getting by Curtis Modkins being retained because they all had such great seasons under his direction as their position coach last year. Vic Fangio arrives, decides to retain him, and... I think that has the potential to really bear some fruit again in 2019. And especially with, I mean, everyone I've talked to, all my media contacts and buddies who have been at each and every minicamp practice, and even before that during OTAs, they're telling me that Royce Freeman, who's running with the ones, looks like a quote-unquote featured back. He looks explosive. He's taken to this Scangarello offense like a duck to water. You know, he's he, the zone system is, is natural for him. He looks great. Meanwhile, you got Philip Lindsay watching that, chomping at the bit. So I think you see Freeman getting motivated by the way things ended for him personally last year, being the number one guy to start the season, then getting hurt, losing ground, only to see Philip Lindsay go on to rush for 1,000 yards, make the Pro Bowl, become a star, I think that's going to be a pretty fierce battle, Zach, come training camp that people are kind of sleeping on, and I'm just really stoked to see how they continue to thrive under the direction of Curtis Modkins in year two. 
Yeah, you know, it's a really good point. And what's nice about the Broncos' backfield is you have two returning players who are both motivated coming off uh, injury, you know, injury ruined seasons, injury cap seasons last year. And they both, uh, you know, Freeman started out as a starter and he ran well. And then Lindsey overtook him and then Lindsey got hurt and Freeman overtook him. So they're naturally pushing each other. And it's it's natural, healthy competition. And it's going to make, as we always talk about, this positional group as a whole better. Then you throw in Devontae Booker and you have three running backs who really complement each other very, very well. Uh, Lindsey is the is the dynamic player of the pass catcher. You have Freeman, the early down banger. And then you have Booker who can do a little of both and is also a good pass protector. So I agree in the sense that a lot of Broncos fans are maybe underrating as a whole the Broncos backfield. Booker, we always talk about it, Chad. He's he's uh, comically underrated by Broncos fans. He's he's discarded by Broncos fans when he still offers a lot of versatility to this team, and he makes them better. As a whole, they'll, they'll be a focal point of this offense, and I'm with you. I wasn't crazy about the Modkins hire when they first made it, but he's one guy, along with Azani, who's really impressed me. And I give credit where it's due to Elway for kind of – you know, uh, turning over that stone. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously with the new coaching staff coming in, Philip Lindsay, just like every player, in a sense, has to kind of prove themselves anew to Vic Fangio and his staff. Not so much to a guy like Curtis Modkins, who knows what each one of those guys can do, but everyone, including Philip Lindsay, including Royce Freeman, you know, they're having to kind of reprove themselves. Do you think, though, in light of that, keeping that in mind, do you think the body of work, and Rich Scangarello talked about the tape that Philip Lindsay put up last year and that he's one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. You want to talk about laurels. I'm not saying resting on laurels, but those particular laurels, do you think that makes Philip Lindsay deserving of being the unquestioned incumbent to start the season as RB1? I, I do. I think it, it makes the competition, if there is one, tilted in his favor, only because he offers the most explosiveness and the most versatility out of him and Royce Freeman, who's strictly just a between-the-tackles guy. I mean, Lindsey can do it all, and he's shown that he's a spark plug the Broncos need. Uh, he's that burner type as a receiver. He's He can get between the tackles, outside the tackles, just a scoring machine. And if Rich Gangarello already deems him that after less than one full season in the NFL, that's very high praise from this coaching staff. And that alone leads me to believe he's going to still be the focal point. They just won't run him into the ground figuratively and literally with concern over that risk that they're going to give Freeman more early down work. But still, it's going to go through Philip Lindsay to make those plays. And I think he will this year and even more so under Scangarello. See, it's weird because on one hand, I'm with you. It's like, you know, he deserves to be the incumbent. He deserves to start this coming season, health willing, as RB1. And even if the, the reps and the, and the actual carries don't necessarily get divvied up with him leading the way because, you know, you got to consider his size and the fact that he finished the year on injured reserve, even if that doesn't happen, he kind of de- he deserves to be that guy. But the flip side to that is, and maybe the Broncos are in on this, they understand the psychology that Philip Lindsay needs to always feel like he's got something to prove. And there's some yeah. kind of magic that is captured with him having that chip on his shoulder. Now, Guys like Chris Harris, C.J. Anderson, Philip Lindsay, they're always going to have some sort of a chip because they went undrafted, right? That always eats at them and bothers them. They always feel like they got something to prove. But by not giving him that incumbent status, and again, he's hurt, so we can't really see how it plays out yet. But not giving him that, Zach, maybe there's a reason and a rhyme to the Broncos not necessarily giving in to that and kind of continuing a public sort of, well, we're going to let him battle it out. We'll see how it shakes out to try and continue to get the most out of Lindsey. 
Yeah, you kind of answered your own thing, which is what I was going to say, is that for a player like Philip Lindsay or Chris Harris, CJ Anderson, Drew Locke even, they already have, that's the way their style is. That's their personality. That's who they are. That's how they're built. They're motivated. They're always going to feel like they're being slighted, and that's going to use, that's their fire, you know, as motivation in the NFL. I just think, though, based on his playmaking potential, you just can't sit a guy like that. You can't put him on the bench. You got to get him on the field. So while he's, you know, they're going to try to divvy up his reps and they're going to try to make it a fair competition, it's going to be a competition in name only. Kind of like Kevin Hogan versus Drew Locke. We all know Drew Locke's probably going to win that if there even is a fair competition. They're going to make him prove his 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 medal and going to make him prove himself and, and to come back as the player he was last year. But I'd be surprised if uh, he was sat more than he's on the field in favor of a guy like Royce Freeman, who, while he's a nice player, he doesn't offer that same playmaking potential as Philip Lindsay. That's a good opportunity, since you mentioned his name, to segue into talking a little bit about Drew Locke. Now, I wrote an article, I don't know, last day or two, since since minicamp started, I think, with Vic Fangio talking about how Drew Locke continues to improve slowly, but that's not a negative, that he's slowly improving day by day. He's being consistent and showing improvement, and that with everything that he has to learn from the playbook to you know life as a pro period to playing under center and just all those moving parts that Fangio has basically been pleased with his steady progress. On one hand, you hear that and you go, okay, great. On the other, you hear on Wednesday, practice, he got an opportunity to play with the twos. Now, a quick side note before I go on to this, mostly that's been Kevin Hogan run with the twos up to this point. He, Locke, has received maybe, if you look at 100% of the second team reps as a pie chart, 95% of those reps have gone to Kevin Hogan with Drew Locke at this point getting 5%. Well, this Wednesday practice, so the second practice of minicamp, Locke got to run with the twos, and it was against the Broncos' first-team defense. And suffice to say, Zach, he didn't play so well. In fact, he threw an interception, kind of looked out of sorts. Some fans are really wringing their hands over that and <sighs> kind of tripping that, oh, my gosh, you know, Drew Locke's throwing picks and OTAs, yada, yada, yada. What's your message to fans who may, might be a little bit worried? It's June. It's it's a mini camp. It doesn't amount to anything. This isn't even preseason, which that doesn't even matter when you boil it down. I mean, don't react one way or the other. And if, if Joe Flacco throws a 70-yard touchdown, it's the same as Drew Locke being intercepted. It doesn't matter in the end. The slate is wiped clean. It's practice for a reason. You want Locke to get these nuances and these and these errors out now and then speed his development up in the regular season and not have it you know down the road. It's no bearing on his development, his future. It's always going to make headlines, though. I mean, it's always going to be cause for overreaction. But if fans are smart, they have to realize it's still a June practice. It's a guy who's in the NFL a couple months, not even, and he's learning a whole new system against a really, really, really good defense. I mean, I don't know what people expect. Yeah, and I agree. And here's I have the same message for listeners and fans with Drew Locke that – you can probably remember both Zach and I saying this time last year on the podcast regarding Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly at that point was very much an unknown quantity. We hadn't seen him. He's redshirted his entire rookie year. But he was exciting because he was a guy not named Paxton Lynch, and he was a guy not named Case Keenum. So fans were excited about him, but he remained an unknown quantity, and a lot of people were throwing shade on him. And we told you on this podcast that even though he's running with the threes, he's behind Paxton Lynch this time last year, he's behind Case Keenum, once the intensity gets ratcheted up a little bit in, oh, not a little bit, a lot in training camp and preseason, it won't take long for Chad Kelly's natural talent and ability and his overall, you know, his wherewithal 
to rise to the surface. The cream always rises to the top. And what brings that out is intensity. And I have that. And that's exactly what happened, right? He went from basically third and leapfrog Paxton Lynch gave the Broncos enough confidence to cut their former first round pick. And that's exactly the message I have for listeners today with regard to Drew Locke. Right now, he's still really going through the learning curve, right? He's, he's going through the ups and downs, trial and error. The pitfalls are coming. He has to go through that. And even Rich Scangarello said, look, with regard to Drew Locke, he's going to bump his head. With mistakes, what, what Scangarello focuses on, he tells his quarterbacks, look, I expect you to make mistakes, but I don't expect you to make that same mistake twice. So as long as Drew Locke continues to learn from those mistakes and improve, you don't really have anything to worry about. And again, it's not necessarily a bold prediction, but I'm telling fans right now who might be chewing their fingernails a little bit because Drew Locke threw an interception in minicamp, wait till training camp, wait till the preseason. You're going to see him come alive, so to speak. It won't take him long, Zach, to put Kevin Hogan in the dust. I guarantee you the same fans now that are ruining his interception, the first time he hits the field in training camp, they're going to be cheering him on. No one's going to remember this. I mean, you want these mistakes to happen now. Mistakes are good things, as, as you just touched on with Scangarello. He wants these to happen. That's how young quarterbacks, especially gunslinger types like Drew Locke, they learn best by doing, by taking those reps. He's never going to learn and improve by hearing Joe Flacco talk to him, by drawing things on a whiteboard. He's going to improve by getting out there and throwing picks and taking sacks and running around and facing this Denver defense day in and day out. Arguably uh, one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL, who flummoxed Patrick Mahomes. So we're all surprised that they're giving Drew Locke trouble in one of his handful of practices in the NFL. Just relax. He's going to be good. Like you said, Chad, when his mind catches up to his arm, then you have a franchise quarterback. We still have a lot to get to. We're going to talk about the latest with Joe Flacco, plus a couple of other storylines that have popped up over the last couple of days. First, though, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Huddle Up Podcast listeners, check this out. If you've been thinking about becoming a Mile High Huddle VIP subscriber, now's the time to do it. We have a phenomenal offer to get your foot in the door as a new VIP. Right now, you can get your first month of VIP for $1. That's insane value, and it immediately gives you access to all of the premium content we produce. If you want to subscribe for the year, new annual subscribers will get 30% off the cost of a membership. Never before have we been able to offer new subscribers this kind of introductory incentive to pull the trigger. This is how you get access to our VIP mailbags every Friday. Zach and I answer each and every question from our VIPs, even if it means an episode goes a little bit long. Jumping on this offer also gives you 100% access to every piece of content we produce on the front page, including our Broncos film room breakdowns and every other form of deep dive Broncos content our site is known for. VIPs also get entry into our members-only MHH Insiders Forum, where you hear the insider buzz first from our talented and plugged-in staff and you get to engage with other passionate and knowledgeable fans just like you. Becoming a VIP subscriber, you guys, it's the best way to support the work and the time Zach and I put into producing a daily podcast for your listening pleasure and edification. So go to milehighhuddle.com, click on the green banner, choose monthly or annual, and you are locked in. The regular season will be here before you know it, so jump on one of these offers, Broncos country. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. 
during Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling. With queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Let's talk a little bit about Mr. Joe Flacco, who himself has been generating a lot of buzz. Now, the first day of minicamp, the first-team offense struggled quite a bit against the first-team defense, but they bounced back in a big way on day two of minicamp. You had the story on Joe Flacco's arm. I mean, the everyone continues. When, they, when Flacco's name comes up, all the players continue to just be blown away by his arm strength. And you had the story, Zach, that Von Miller talked on the first day of minicamp Tuesday about how Joe Flacco, <clears throat> across his body, Threw a pass 80 yards. I, it wasn't completed. It was intended for Brandon Langley. It, was, it didn't quite complete. But everyone is continues to just be blown away by that arm. Yeah, it's it's as advertised. I mean, everyone knew he had a big arm, and that was his calling card. And it's good to see that at least at 34, he can get the ball down the field. And in that Denver altitude, it's going to serve him well. But as I wrote, it's not the end-all, be-all. And I'm not trying to be a wet blanket right now because it's, it's a good thing. But it's not the end-all, be-all. He has to show more than he has a strong arm. And Vic Fangio thinks the same, and, and the coaches think the same. But I like that it's an bail amount of trouble, Joe Flacco. It gives the Broncos offense a new dimension. It's everything that uh, Case Keenum wasn't. I mean, if if Flacco has a super soaker, then Keenum has a water pistol. And Cortland Sutton's taking note of that. Deshaun Hamilton, it's going to keep defenses honest. There's no downside to having a big arm. But how he utilizes it and how he complements that, that's going to be the key to how he plays. You said it. It keeps defenses honest. And listeners can remember back when the news first broke that the Broncos had agreed to a trade with the Baltimore Ravens for Flacco, we had Benjamin Albright on the show, and he said the biggest difference for fans that are saying, look, he's no better than Case Keenum. He said the biggest difference is that that arm and the natural – I mean, if you just go on arm talent alone, Joe Flacco is elite. He does have elite arm strength. <laughs> he does have elite – arm talent. Now, there's more to being a quarterback than obviously just having a strong arm, and that's where the questions surrounding Joe Flacco's resume come into play. But what Albright had to say back then was that the coaches were were excited because due to his arm, Joe Flacco forces the opposing defense to defend every blade of grass, which you just couldn't say the same for Case Keenum. So that's a, that's a big difference and a big departure. And already though, he's blowing his receivers away in terms of his ability to fit balls into windows that previous quarterbacks just didn't have the ability to do. So it's I'm really interested to see how that unfolds and pays dividends for the Broncos. Like you said, you know, it can that kind of an arm strength, that level of of, of arm talent can bail a quarterback out, but he's gotta be more than that. And that's what obviously we're hoping to see from Flacco in his new football environment. And I had a story on Wednesday, Zach, that I thought was interesting. This was new to me. We had we had talked about, I don't know, a month or two back that Joe, in fact, I think you had the story, Zach, for our website that Joe Flacco would put his Maryland home up for yep. sale. Well, what we didn't necessarily know in stark terms was that Flacco's kind of been rolling solo in the Mile High City since the Broncos convened for OTAs. His wife, Dana, and all their kids have been chilling in Maryland, probably helping to pack the house up and get ready for a move. And he's been solo, and what that's allowed him to do is to always be available for the team. He's forging bonds. He's going out to dinner. He's going out to golf. He's going out to movies with the guys. And you heard Devontae Booker talk about it. We, we talked about it a couple days ago on Friday as OTAs came to a close how struck he is by Joe Flacco's 
you know, openness, trying to connect with each and every player. He's not aloof. He's not ignoring guys, unlike some of the other quarterbacks, according to Booker, had done in recent Broncos history. But I think it's interesting that Flacco has shown that level of commitment. And, you know, there's probably some extenuating circumstances. The missus is probably trying to get the house ready for sale and all that stuff. She needs to be there. But to me, what it shows, Zach, and this is what I wrote in the article, is that it's not he's not viewing this as a mercenary situation. It's not a mercenary mindset. He's here to connect. He's selling his house. His wife's going to join him in mile high. And so even though his contract is basically a series of three one-year deals, I think Flacco, his mindset is more of, this is my team. I'm trying to stick here. I'm trying to assimilate and really make this work for the long haul. Yeah, unlike someone like Chris Harris Jr., I don't think Flacco sees himself as a hired gun for this season. I think he sees himself genuinely as a part of the team's plans and their short-term and their long-term. But he so far checks the two biggest boxes the Broncos thought they were getting, his big arm and his leadership. And that's what it is when it comes down to it, is leadership. And even someone like me who's been a big Flacco detractor, I have to give him credit for the leadership that he's dis- displayed only a couple months so far. He has all the players rallying around him, crawling about him, complimenting him, praising him, and they're buying into what he can bring to the team. And every player almost has talked about it. They mentioned his arm, of course, and also the leadership. And what we've come to find out, Chad, is Case Keenum wasn't much of a leader last year. Seemed like he was doing his own thing and almost alienating everyone else. And Flacco hasn't done that. He has no incentive to even do any of these things. He's technically on a a trial basis, and they already drafted his successor, but he's still going above and beyond that extra mile. And of course, as a quarterback, you want that leader, and the Broncos, I think, have that in him so far. Yep, definitely encouraging thus far. I mean, it's about what you would hope to see, you know, through an off-season training program and mandatory minicamp from Joe Flacco. So hopefully that trajectory continues as we get into training camp preseason and then of course regular season a couple other things i want to talk about before we get out of here today one the broncos have themselves a log jam at the tight end position the reviews and the buzz coming out of the people who have been at minicamp the media people that i've talked to regarding the tight ends has been insane now obviously you got the rookie first rounder noah fan just looking like the stud that he is just taking the top off from inside Jeff Hireman has looked good, according to everybody. Troy Fumagalli is looking good, and he's really an unknown quantity at this point because he redshirted his entire rookie year. Jake Butt has been encouraging in terms of his progress thus far. Vic Fangio said he's he's been pleased and he's optimistic in his progression uh, off that third ACL tear. And then the Bug Howard, the guy that went undrafted from North Carolina a year or two ago, He's looked good from what I've been told, and also the undrafted rookie this year out of Wyoming, Fort. So the Broncos have themselves, it it's, might be, I don't want to get you know over our skis too much here, but so far the early returns are that the Broncos have themselves a good problem to have at the tight end position. It's a logjam. they got six guys who so far are really showing out both as receivers and as blockers, but you know that's without full contact and, and pads. It, it seems like an embarrassment of riches, but then you think about it, they're going to carry maybe up to four maximum, you know, sometimes even three. So Fort and uh, uh, Bug Howard, they, they don't have a great shot of making the roster unless there's an injury. But among the players that are coming back, including Fant, who's a rookie, obviously, uh, Fumagalli intrigues me. 
He's, he's way healthier, in my opinion, than Jake Butt, and he's a better pass catcher. Now, what's going to hurt him is his blocking, and that's where I think Butt is a more well-rounded player. But if they want to get some players in space for Joe Flacco, some extra weapons down the seam, down the you know down the middle of the field, I think Fumagalli could be his guy. And so far, uh, Scangarello's mentioned him. Vic Fangio singled him out, and, and praise is so hard to come by by Vic Fangio. Uh, I think he's having a good offseason. So if there's one guy in that group that has a good shot of also making the roster and seeing playing time, I think it's Fumagalli couple more things I want to touch on here, both of which were uttered from the lips of one Vic Fangio. Now, I think a lot of fans, in a, in a way, have forgotten about Billy Wynn. Now, just to rewind the tape a little bit, the Broncos surprised a lot of people back in April with Domita Pecco sitting out there on the street. They went out and re-signed Billy Wynn, who, of course, tore his ACL in the first preseason game in 2017, finished that year, of course, on IR, then spent all of 2018 out of football. The Broncos really broke with their own tradition and re-signed Wynn in April to a two-year deal. Now, it's a very much a prove-it type of a deal. He's very much on the bubble in terms of his odds of making the roster. Vic Fangio, though, here's what he said about Billy Wynn, and this came from Tuesday's time at the podium. He said, quote, It's difficult in some ways because with him it's all physical. He's got to regain his form to where he was. He's a veteran player, so we ought to be able to pick up the scheme rather quickly and be used to playing NFL football. In that regard, being that he's a veteran and has played a lot, it's easier. But he still does have to get back into football shape. Close quote. How do you interpret that comment about Billy Wynn from the head coach? I think it's honest and accurate. I mean, he missed all of last season with the injury, I believe, and he's out of shape and he's been out of the workout program, out of the playbook, and it's it's tough for a player uh, to get back into it. My semi-hot take is I don't think it wins going to be on the final roster. I mean, it's nice they resigned him, they brought him back, but they have other depth of that position, including Zach Kerr. Think can offer much more than Wynn, who's strictly a, a, a run stopper. Doesn't offer much sack potential. So um, I don't know. He has to prove himself to the Broncos, and he has to prove that he can be worthy into being in that that defensive line room, which is so deep right now. And it's he's running out of time. Training camp's coming up. He has to be in 100% peak physical condition. And it seems like what Fangio was saying, he still has a long ways to go. Yep, and I agree with you. And I talked about that on Twitter, too, that just, I mean, you want to talk about a logjam. The Broncos have a lot of mouths to feed. at the defensive line. So we'll see. But it's good to at least hear his name and hear the coaches talking about him. You know, once you get to training camp, and again, that intensity ratchets up and the hitting and the contact takes takes shape, that's when we'll really see what's what as it relates to this defensive line. But Billy Wynn, in order for him to make this roster, he's going to have to – I mean, honestly, the only way I see him making the roster is if somehow he were to – well, an injury would have would probably be a factor, but he'd have to unseat one of these the three following players. Zach Kerr, Demarcus Walker. Well, Draymond Jones is making the roster, so two yeah. players. Either Zach Kerr or Demarcus Walker. It's it's true, yeah. And it could you know, Walker could be the odd man out. I think Kerr is pretty much safe. He's a pretty good run stopper and he'll be that early down nose tackle for Fangio with, with Harris coming on for passing downs. Um, between the three, though, I would keep Walker and in uh, Kerr over a win. That's just me, though, over a guy coming off a pretty significant knee injury. At this stage, I would as well. Now, Zach, last thing I want to touch on in today's episode, and then we'll be back tomorrow for the VIP mailbag, is your story that you had on what Vic Fangio had to say regarding Brendan Langley. Now, I want to read the quote here. Basically, to, just to summarize, he said that as it relates to Brendan Langley, he has to become a football player. He said, quote, 
just that he can play his position in terms of what he's looking for. He obviously can run. Everybody sees that. And we'd like that to be part of the team, but he's got to become a football player too. That's a process, and he's working through that, close quote. It's a similar message, Zach, that Vic Fangio is is sprouting toward Langley that he had for Noah Fan about the tools and coming out of Home Depot. Yeah, and it's a, it's the same message I'm saying to Joe Flacco that it takes more than a big arm to win in the NFL or to succeed. It takes more than speed to play a good wide receiver, and he has to show more than that. He has to run his route tree. He has to get out of his breaks. He has to you know be decent in run blocking. I don't personally think he has that in him. It's great that he can run fast, but between Philip Lindsay, Sanders, and Noah Fant, they have that Booker that burner role filled. Excuse me, and I just don't see a place for him in that crowded receiving core. Given even given his draft status, even if Elway wants to save face. I'm really curious to see some tape of him playing wide receiver as a pro, and it's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to this preseason. We're going to get five opportunities to see that, but I don't question his speed. Just like Fangio said, he can run. What I do wonder is his route tree. I wonder about his hands because that's, I think, one of the biggest things is do you have the hands? Can you make those contested catches? Like ref, uh, referencing back to that Von Miller comment about Joe Flacco throwing the ball across his body 80 yards down the field, it was incomplete to Brandon Langley. Now, we don't know exactly. We weren't there to see exactly how that ball fell incomplete, but plays like that, you want to hope that a guy like Langley, who's trying to crack this roster as wide receiver, converting over from corner, you know, those are the type of plays you want to hear. And guess what? Langley came down with it. It's what you want to see, but it's, you know, is that going to win in the regular season? Can he do that against all pro corners? I just, I question that. It's This is coming from a guy who transitioned because he literally admitted out loud publicly he did not like moving backwards. I mean, as an NFL quarterback, he did not like his main responsibility. I don't give a guy like that long in the NFL to succeed. I just, I don't like that attitude. Well, it uh, it was a refreshing couple of days. Like I said, a lot of guys at the podium, a lot of storylines that Zach and I have been chasing in the written form that we've tried to condense for you here on this episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. But that's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with a fresh VIP mailbag. VIPs, make sure you get onto the thread that is posted on MHH Insiders on the forums. Submit your questions there. We'll answer them. YouTube listeners, we haven't seen any questions or else we'd get to you. So if you have questions for us, make sure you hit us up in the comments and at some point in maybe next week we'll uh, try and get to what what might be on your mind but in the meantime you guys make sure you're, you're following the show on twitter at huddle up pod don't forget to leave your creative review and five star rating on itunes for our itunes listeners you can find my partner zach kelberman on twitter at kelberman 24 7 myself at chad and jensen stay tuned because we will be back tomorrow for zach kelberman i'm chad jensen we'll talk to you then You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.